Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back for another episode of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky, and we have an esteemed guest joining the show today. My best friend, Seth Topol, joins the show he is a sports savant. He is one of the top hosts at the Locked On Network. He is the host of the Locked On Wild. He also runs a radio station. He's done all sorts of sports broadcasts. He's done play-by-play for football, basketball. I mean, the list goes on and on. So he knows sports inside and out. He watches about as much football as I do, to be honest. I don't know if that's a compliment or an indictment. Well, either way, we're going to talk a little Texans football with Seth, get some outside perspective from somebody who is more of a student of the game versus a fan. First, Seth, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. Um, this is going to be fun. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to be part of a show while also being the the uh, co-pilot as opposed to being the host. Usually, I'm on the other side of the mic, but. I'm very happy to. Uh, you can kick up your legs. You can pour yourself a drink. Have yeah. a nice time. I'll be piloting this show, so don't even worry about it. Just you're here for the ride. Uh, sign me up. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this Texans game. We've got a lot to get to before we get to our weekly segment of love it and leave it, and then finally the new segment that we have. It is the annual. Saturday Sunday report where we got to take a look at how Jeff Saturday is doing in the AFC South as the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. We told you we tracked this all season long and by golly, we're doing it. So before we get to all of that, let's take a look at the home loss for the Houston Texans. They fall to the Washington commanders. Still hate that name. 23 to 10. And I tell you what, if you watch the first, what, three drives from the Texans you didn't really have to watch much of this game afterwards because it was interception minus four yard drive and then a nine yard drive both those last two ending in punts and that was pretty much that was pretty much the rest of the the way this whole game went I think the biggest takeaway off the top is that you know you can work on You don't have to worry about the season. You can work on your Photoshop if you're a Houston fan. You can try and Photoshop Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud into the Texans jersey. Seth, you don't have to worry too much about the rest of this Texans year because they have gone from competitively bad to just horribly bad. Well, yeah, it was, what, three drives that were three and outs in the first half, and I think net yardage in the first half was minus one yard. Now – It's a commander's team that has a solid defense. I'll grant them that. But this is an offense that really has to work to get points, really has to work to move the ball down the field. I think the uh, commanders ran the ball 40 times, and their yards per carry was 3.8. Not great. 
And so it just kind of speaks to the level of struggle that this Texans team is going through right now to where the overall numbers of what the commanders were able to do, you take seven points off the board on a pick six. You have done some okay things defensively against this commanders team. You made them work for it, but offensively just there really was nothing to kind of build off of until the later stages of the game. And so it's one of those where you just kind of are left scratching your head and that, you know, what, what do you really, what do you hang your hat on from this type of performance to kind of build off of that? Those are the things you want in a season like this is to kind of start checking boxes of, Hey, this player's having a good season. Let's throw them into the mix for next year. I don't, I don't know that there necessarily were many boxes checked in this one. Well, and I mean, you're looking at Davis Mills and the Texans have known, the fan base has known for quite a few games now that this is not the guy, despite how he finished last season. This is clearly not the guy. It's been that way for a few weeks. The depressing part is some of the younger pieces that have been able to stand out despite the losing really were thwarted in this type of game. I mean, the offensive line, they have some young guys there. The offensive line looked horrible. They weren't able to do anything. Damian Pierce has been good all season. He was basically a no-show. And so it goes to that point of you want what's going to be around for the rest of the – as they rebuild this franchise, what's going to be around the next couple of years after you assume they take a quarterback next draft. And it's – it's unfortunate to grab on those silver linings of the young guys that are playing well. And I mean, Davis Mills, he was teleporting throws. You had the bad pick six. I thought it was pretty indicative when they tried to go downfield to Cooks that bounces off his helmet and goes for the interception. That felt like it summed up their downfield game pretty accurately for the entirety of the season. Uh, it was funny, too. There was one play where they were. Uh, inside the 10 yard line and it was a read option and davis mills pulled the uh the ball out of damian pierce's stomach and you want to just go up to him and just say never pull the never pull the ball in the read option it's not ended up it doesn't matter what you see <laughs> damian pierce is one of the top tackle breakers in the nfl just hand it off to him just give it to him don't ever pull the ball uh it was just it was a bummer because they never got going and they've been not good, but frisky and they've kept a lot of these games to one possession, but you didn't see that fight. And as somebody who covers this team for a fan base that is still following this team and loyally following along, it feels like maybe over the last couple of games, you've seen a little bit of that leave this team, which is not a great spot to be in when you still have uh, what six weeks of the season left, six games to play. Uh, Seth, for somebody who has had to cover some bad Minnesota teams, if you see the team start to lose that fight, what what do you what's the message to the fan base? Well, the message to the fan base is that they're not going to be able to kind of dig out of it without some major changes. And you know, the Vikings have done this on a number of occasions a couple years ago with Mike Zimmer to where. Things just weren't going right, and it just it affects the team in such a negative way. Everyone's performance is so scrutinized to where 
that pressure just gets to be too much for every single player on that roster. And this will kind of tie into a point that I'll make later about Jeff Saturday and kind of why the Colts seem like they're starting to show some signs of life. But and it, not to say that there is, I guess, a super amount of pressure on the, uh, the Texans coaching staff, but maybe there should be. But you are a team that is just really not putting anything together. And so it gets, it gets frustrating, and everybody is playing for their jobs for next year, the year before, for whether or not they end up being a piece on another team. And so you want to have just these little things that you can build off of. And after some, like you said, some early friskiness by this team this season, it just it seems like that has kind of gone away, and the Texans are just they're getting picked they're getting picked on for what we had expected that they would be at the beginning of the season as far as glimmers of, of hope or, or positives that you can draw from something like this uh it, it's tough pickings for me honestly it's tough pickings uh, there's a lot of places you look across this the the box score where it just feels like empty calorie stats for for some of these players. I will say that as far as the the front seven is concerned, you talk about the the running attack and being able to keep some of these guys in check on the ground. It felt like they were still able to to create some pressure. They didn't record a sack, but they had four tackles for loss and six quarterback hits. Felt like they were still able to create some pressure – and they were still able to kind of fly around the field sideline to sideline. I think some of that is some really good young players, but I think a lot of that is the coaching from Lovey Smith. And so if you're extrapolating that out the next couple of years into this rebuild, I think that speaks volumes about maybe what he's going to be able to do with young talent coming in over the next couple of drafts. I mean, you think last draft, they hit on several pieces. If they're able to do that on the defensive side of things, that potentially, then you have something going there. Then the ball starts rolling there a little bit downhill, don't you think? Yeah, and obviously this team is going to be adding some young pieces, and so there's going to be a need for a coach that can work with that level of talent and get them from, hey, you're a raw rookie coming into the league here are the things we need you to do to be a productive member of this team. And for what has probably not been super fun over the, uh, the last couple of seasons, I mean, Lovey Smith is doing, he's doing his best to try to kind of pull some things out of this season. And so I think it, there are a couple of different ways you can go about this. You bring in a veteran coach to kind of coach up, a young team, or you could just allow Lovey to do this for a few seasons, understanding that they're probably going to be pretty lean in terms of wins, and you just don't upset that. You allow him to kind of build a culture, and if things start to go well, if wins start to pile up, and you you feel like you maybe want to bring in kind of an up-and-comer to inject some life into the the group – and pull them to that next level, then you certainly can do that as well. But I just, I, I just can't imagine 
being somebody that is uh, is leading a team and um, you look up at your record and it's one eight and one at this point in the season, it it's got to be pretty draining. It does, but you look at I mean what he's doing with the defense. I mean that defense was still hanging in there and making some plays, making it tough on Washington. And not only just young guys, but you look at, I think the best player probably, if I'm picking like a player of the day for the Texans, it's probably Desmond King. I mean, think about how he's bounced around some rosters and was thought of maybe as just the great college player who kind of disappeared on NFL rosters. And now maybe it's just that they're a bad team and they need players, or maybe it's that he actually kind of turned things around. He led the team in tackles today. He was looking good on some like quarterback, uh, some blitzes from the secondary. He's had a very sound season throughout the year. He's not going to be on an all pro team, but he's, he's had a solid season, a little bit of nation project. If you're able to do that with a couple of guys, uh, that are older or maybe have been around the league a little bit, trying to find a home along with some young talent, and you inject more young talent, that seems to be a pretty good recipe for success if you're going two years from now. On the other side of things, from the outside looking in, willing to lay any of the offensive blame at the feet of offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton, or are you just kind of say, what, this is not a fair test case because of who's quarterback. This no offense to Davis Mills, but he's, he's going to be a career backup is what he's going to be. And so – you can't really judge his system yet. Uh, yeah, that's that's a tricky question because you've got to divvy up where the blame goes. You know, you, you guys have talked extensively about that this Texans team doesn't have a whole lot of weapons to use offensively, and so you look at Davis Mills not having a full deck to work with as one thing, but as you pointed out, being an offensive coordinator and having a quarterback that you just, you know what you've got at this point. I think there aren't really any surprises to the full body of work of Davis mills. The other thing that I look at too, with the quarterback is the amount of times that things are all going to go well is super rare. And so yes, it can be a good exercise to see how a quarterback does under good circumstances, when the offense is rolling, when you're kind of going downhill and everything's going great. But the true measure of a quarterback is how do you handle adversity? How do you handle a star player being thrown out of the offense or or getting injured and leaving the game? How do you handle an offensive line having a hideous performance against a good defensive line? You're not going to have days that go just perfectly according to plan and you either have to do something about it and try to find something that works or you're toast. And um, it just, it seems like from what I have seen that this Texans offense, just it's a lot of different factors that are kind of compiling together. And I think if you inject a different quarterback that has a little bit higher upside, higher floor, higher ceiling, better skill set. That probably leads to the offense looking better because your offensive coordinator is able to do more things. And once you have that quarterback set, you can add weapons around him. And so it, it all stems, I think it all comes right back to the quarterback. So the one thing I want to touch on before we, we get to a couple of our segments here 
This is a little more anecdotal because you are a Vikings fan. Also because a couple of, I mean, the Monday night football game against the Eagles and then this one probably are the games that I've gotten a chance to really watch Washington up close. Sorry to all the Washington faithful for not watching them week after week. I couldn't do it. Uh, does it kind of strike you that the commanders have just been working with different versions of Kirk Cousins for like the last decade? Yeah, I mean, you won't find any, like, you won't find any more, like, stripped down, bare bones version of Kirk Cousins than Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz or just fill in the blank. I mean, um, it is funny well, that. Like, like, let's, let's, so they have Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. Last year, they. Heineke and Fitzpatrick. Uh, the year before that, they have Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins. Maybe that's the one where they differentiate a little bit. Uh, although Alex Smith, and then you have the year before that, Kadem Colt McCoy. Before that, you have Alex, Josh Johnson, Mark Sanchez, Colt McCoy, and then the year before that, and then it's the Kirk Cousins, and then RG three. And so it's like Colt McCoy is is like the poor man's version of Kirk Cousins, right? Taylor Heineke is like the version that like a little looser with the football, but is less. Carson Wentz is kind of is kind of the is kind of <laughs> Kirk Cousins if he just uh, if he just didn't read the defense as well. Like it just feels like like in like I don't want to get too extreme. Maybe I'm going a little outside the box in uh, too many quarterbacks to one guy. But it feels like you're getting the same or modified versions, but roughly different variations on the same quarterback in all of these guys. Well, the funny thing too is you mentioned all those guys, and it stems to I think the bigger problem for Washington since Kirk Cousins left is they just have been quarterback chasing. And it's such a hard thing for teams to do well because a lot of times you are bringing in a guy that is on the downslope of their career. And, I mean, you look at the Indianapolis Colts. They went from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan and so, you know, it just it's a dicey proposition and Washington still I don't think is convinced that they have their guy yet. Um after having done this for several years, like it's for as much for as many warts as uh, Kirk Cousins has in his game. I mean, I think Washington would take him over any of the guys that you listed uh because of where they were at in their careers when he left. Yeah, it's, and you go with the guys who started the most games each year. Alex Smith, Case Keenum, Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke, uh, Carson Wentz. It's just a lot of guys who are dying to take that check down. When pressure comes, it's going to go nuts, and everything's going to get shot, uh, and they're going to be able to play the team not elevate what's around them. And they're going to kind of shy away from that deep shot, and <laughs> – you're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl with them. 
risk-averse quarterback play is not a way to play quarterback in the NFL in 2022. It's, uh, it's in, I had a thought when I was watching that, and it <laughs> kind of stuck in my brain. I can't get all right let's before seth becomes ill let's take a quick break to hear from some sponsors okay everybody let me tell you all about the adventure begins comics games and more adventure stadium that's right and we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor they also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards it's awesome Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, and the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's time to trade in your face masks for masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family friendly, low impact activities for everybody. Go check them out. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in a hands-on lab course learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Welcome back, and let's get to some of our weekly segments here after talking about a pretty rough performance from the Texans. Never really had a shot in that one. And let's get right into the week. Say, love it and leave it. We're going to take one thing that we absolutely loved and hope we see next weekend out of this week, and we're going to take something that we hope stays in week 11. So, Seth, I'll start us off here with our love it for this week i'll tell you this i don't know if you caught the play where they had damian pierce out at uh at receiver 
and he ran a route and made a catch, and I think it was like a, a seven-yard gain or something like that. But I had the thought, you remember from uh, Friday Night Lights when it's before the season starts and they've got Booby Miles, their star running back, and his uncles, they're interviewing his uncle in the stands, and he launches this quarterback to- or this running back toss down the field and goes, and he can pass too. That's the thought I have. And he can catch too. <laughs> That's the exact thought I had. He just he can do it all. I would love any way that you're getting if you're having trouble running the ball, throw him a screen, throw him out at slot, pass it to him. He's got the hands. He was in a pass happy offense at Florida. Get him the ball. When the Rams are struggling, and Lord knows that Rams need is struggling, they didn't say, Well, who who do we have to get the ball to to help be the number two guy? No, they were just like we're just going to throw it like 15 times to Cooper Cup because he's our best player and we get the best player of the ball. They don't have anybody else. Get the ball to Damon Pierce. I loved it. Um, I'll go to the fact that I loved that the Texans held the commanders to a single field goal in the second half. Now, too little too late, probably. But... It gives you a situation where you just have to focus on how you start the game if you can keep teams from uh, from building on their leads as the game goes on. So I, I will go with that as my love it, is that uh, Washington managed just a field goal in quarters three and four. My leave it. I'm kind of hoping, and this gets back to what we were talking about a little bit before, but I'm kind of hoping that some of the play calling tendencies get left in week 11. And again, I don't know if it's fair to judge Pep Hamilton off of this year at all, considering the talent they have and the fact that they're kind of waiting around for their, their quarterback to come to them in the draft. But it really feels like, and again, they don't have a ton of weapons, so when they get behind the sticks at the beginning of a drive, whether it's a sack or a penalty, that drive's over. You can just <laughs> – that drive is pretty much done. You can call it quits. But they get into a flow sometimes when Davis Mills is really shaky where it's kind of the Tampa Bay Greg Schiano. We're going to run it twice and then just drive it to Vincent Jackson. Sometimes it feels like they get into that. Or sometimes it feels like, you know what – He's not throwing anything, so we're just going to have everything in front of the linebackers. And all of a sudden, they're punting because they completed two three-yard passes and then an incompletion. And all of a sudden, (laughs) they're punting again. I just would like to see some more, I mean, consistency, some more versatile stuff with the running game, getting Damian Pierce involved. And I know I just touched on that, but in a couple of different things, trying to shake stuff up a little bit. Sometimes it kind of feels like they go into a foxhole a little bit when some of these games start out with some early turnover. I, for my hate it, am going to, uh, or leave it, leave it. We don't hate it. Leave it. Um, the script, Matthew Barry, (laughs) the scripted plays at the uh, beginning of the game. Well, basically the first half offense in general. Um, I mentioned three, three and outs and uh, first series of the game. A short pass for no gain. Uh, a short pass intended for Brandon Cooks that was returned for a pick six. And then after that, it was three plays for minus four yards and a punt. 
Six plays for four yards and a punt. Three plays for minus 11 yards and a punt. Three plays for minus two yards and a punt. And a kneel down. Like, I get it. Again, we said it's a pretty good Washington defense. They've got a good defensive line, but... One one thing we could also have put in this category is just the absolute vulgar quarters that they have in every single game, but that's apparently not leaving. And it touches a little bit on what you're saying too, is that there is just one quarter for every game that they're just, they're just coming out and saying, you know what, how bad can we be? <laughs> I don't think we've hit the bottom yet. I think this well goes a little deeper <laughs> and it is, it is tough, but that also, I mean, and it comes at different points, right? They had, uh, they start up horrible against the Chargers like they did against Washington today. Uh, they were with the Raiders, and then they absolutely mailed in the fourth quarter and let up, I believe it was three fourth quarter scores of memory serves to get blown out in that game. I mean, every game there's a quarter where they don't just cruise control through it. They torpedo a, a quarter. And I'm not saying that that's the difference between wins and losses. I don't think they're that good of a team that you transform a quarter. I don't think they're a couple tweaks away. I think we can all recognize that. But it is – when it happens early, it changes the outlook of the entire game, and that's a bummer when you do have young talent on the team because it, it, they don't have a puncher's chance. Yeah. They have a quarter that they start out the game like they did today. Well, and that's – I think that's the first thing that you try to erase when you are building the team back up is, hey, we're not going to – we're not going to have these just wheel of death quarters – where a team gets three scores or something like that. If we're losing, we're going to lose competitively, which feels like a weird phrase to use. But, you know, that that's one of the first things you just try to avoid is those snowball quarters where things go from, hey, we're down by three points, heading into the fourth, you look up and you lose by 30 points. Yeah, and that's the that's the weird roller coaster that the Texans team has been because they've had a lot of those games and they still lose competitively. I mean, you think about the Colts game. They let them back in by no showing the fourth quarter, and they tie in overtime. They have the horrible start against the Chargers, and they have 17 straight point game relatively close at the end. It's a very it's a very strange team. The mood of this team is is hard to, hard to calculate or put your finger on. But there you go. That's love it and leave it for week 11. Now let's touch on before we head out here. I think my favorite thing to come across this season, <laughs> the update, the the Saturday-Sunday update, where we update you on Sunday about interim head coach Jeff Saturday, who didn't get a, he, he put a loss in the in the column today. He put he's one and one, but he took that Eagles team that has only one loss on the season so far. Right to the brink. Right to the brink. Is Jeff Saturday a good head coach? <laughs> I, I'm i not going to directly answer that. What I'm going to say is that the pressure on this team has completely been removed from the equation. So with Frank Reich coming into the year, making the move to go get Carson Wentz, a move that he fully endorsed, that obviously didn't work. And, um, you know, you, you go then from there to Matt Ryan, and he's trying to resurrect. He's trying to resurrect all these quarterbacks 
to kind of I don't know if just to say that he's that just to say that he can like where it is a badge of honor that hey I'm the one that resurrected Matt Ryan's career but what was all the faults with this Indianapolis team on Frank Reich absolutely not but this is a team that he was able to take to the playoffs a couple of years ago with not great quarterback play they haven't done it since you're paid as a head coach to win games. And so there was just mounting pressure on this Colts team as the season went along that they needed to turn their performance around and pick it up. And that weighs on every player in that locker room, every single player. And then you have the quarterback change to Sam Ellinger that lasted for a week. Jeff Saturday comes in. He doesn't have any of that pressure. He is not on he, he's on an evaluation process for the rest of this season what happens beyond that he can go back to being an analyst if it doesn't work out if the Colts are like you know what we were willing to try this it didn't work out he can go back to being an analyst that is something I'm sure he's perfectly fine with doing but he is just at this point he's shown that he can be a leader and that is, there are two schools of coaching. Somebody that can coach, and you can find coaches really anywhere. The harder part is finding people who can lead. And so he has done that well so far this year. This team is playing better over the last couple of games. So will it last? Maybe. Maybe not. But at least in the interim, all the pressure that was hanging over that team, that dark cloud that was hanging over that Colts team, it's gone. So they can just play free. They can play loose. They can have more fun out there because they're not having to worry about job statuses every week. And that's why you see so many interim coaches that come in and their teams just look better right away is because the big, the big scary, hard thing that you had to do is done. The, the elephant is out of the room. And so now all you have to do is worry about playing football. Would I have liked to see the win against the Eagles? Absolutely. But if you settle for less field that would goals, have been the whole show. If they yeah. beat the Eagles. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, <laughs> if you settle for less field goals, I think that was kind of the thing is that they got opportunities and they just couldn't close them out. But again, he's coming in. He has eased the tension. He's Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. Just uh, trying to get happy to uh, to play with less tension. Just easing the tension, baby. I couldn't agree more with everything you said. And I would like to also add on to that. Is this the best advertisement for head coaches just being head coaches? Is this the best advertisement for instead of trying to be the play caller and the head coach or trying to be the GM and the head coach? This is the best advertisement for just come in and be the head coach and trust. If you've got good coordinators, trust those coordinators or get new ones because it's not easy, but it's a lot less on your plate and there's a lot more success to be found if you're just a head coach worrying about head coaching versus worrying about everybody else's job. The, the Nick Sirianni with the Eagles is a perfect example of this. He gives up the play calling. And this has happened a bunch of times, right? We've seen this headline before. He gave up play calling. And now it's better because now he can focus on being the head coach and running the team. And don't throw – people will throw at me, well, oh, Andy Reid can do it. But don't throw the exception to the rule at me and say that's what should define the rule. I think this is a perfect example of 
why it's so great head coach because if you've got the guys around you then you can go and like you're saying be the leader kind of be that presence in the locker room this is like the best advertisement for hey if you're considering trying to tackle both maybe just be the head coach and just find an awesome offensive coordinator well i i feel like and i i don't have anything to back this up um i feel like you meddle less because you have your guys and you're trusting them to do the job and then you as a head coach are focused on kind of the ebb and flow of the game, game theory. What are we going to do on this? I mean, John Harbaugh is another good example. Always messed up. Say that again. Time management, something that's always messed up. All that, all that stuff, all the minutia of the game. You can worry about that. Handling your locker room, making sure. Uh, making sure that everybody is on the same page coming into a Sunday. I don't know. It feels like, like unless you're like some of these guys who, like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, who are running, we know way more than just being the head coach. Unless you're like exceptional few, then maybe just worry about being a head coach because it's already tough enough just to do that. I mean, I would struggle with finding the challenge flag in one of the many pockets in my coat, like we've seen happen. How many times over the years? It's like your car keys. Is, I, I left the house with it. I don't know <laughs> know where I would put it. Where else would I put it except to have on this day? <laughs> the refs are like, we're not going to wait all day. You got to find it. He's like, you know what? Forget it. It wasn't that great of a challenge anyway. You know what? I'm going to win. Joke's on you. We're going to keep the time out. <laughs> Remember that Bill Belichick moment when he had the when he would store the head or the challenge leg in his sock for some reason he did that for a couple of seasons where he'd stash it in his sock and then he'd go like limp sideline trying to get the refs also pulling this flag out of his sock (laughs) what a master (laughs) guys guys one of a kind one of a kind he's a gem anyways there you go there's the the update we've gone through the segments we've taken week that's a wrap on week 11 thank you so much for listening and hey if you're listening to this show make sure you're subscribing wherever you found it because we're going to have content throughout the rest of the week getting you texans update getting you ready for the next week of football it's going to come very quick because we have thanksgiving of course later this week but other people may take breaks we don't hear so we are going to have content throughout the rest of the week don't you worry about seth thank you so much for joining this show You've been great. Make sure you're going to check out his podcast, Locked on Wild. And thank you so much for myself, Colt Molesky, for tuning in to another edition of Fed Radio.